Hello everybody, welcome back to Fastgate Rewatch Season 4, Episode 16. I am your host, Carmel Hats, and with me, as always, is Red Nightmare. I have an offer for you that you can't refuse. Oh ho ho, you don't say. Yes. <laughs> I'll pay you half up front now, and 10,000 when we get to Alderaan. <laughs> Wrong, wrong universe. Wrong Damn universe. It. Oh well. <laughs> but yeah, hey everybody, we're back for more Farscape, and we're in the tail end of season four now. We are yes. in the last quarter, I suppose. We've got six episodes after this one, and then we're done with season four and on to Peacekeeper Wars. Just, just under a quarter, I think. Yeah, just under. Yeah, yeah. Or just over a quarter. Sorry, close enough. <laughs> o- over under the over under. I don't. Know. Uh, you know something. Something, something, something. It not perfect system. Uh, so, so yeah, this week's episode is called Bringing Home the Beacon. I see what they did there. Bringing Home I, the I, Bacon is like yeah. a thing. Fun yeah. fact, actually, I didn't know this until this episode, but um, the, so the title was suggested by the director, Rowan Woods, mm-hmm. and he won the bottle of whiskey that goes to the namer of each episode. <laughs> I didn't realize it. Like this is some background info. Thanks to the the Farscape wiki that's on this episode. Apparently, that's that's the case. That whoever names the episode gets a bottle of whiskey. So <laughs> that's fun. That's a lot of fun. That's like kind that. of brilliant. Yeah, I, I I can imagine how they get these kinds of names if that is how they set yeah. it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that explains a lot of the names that we've heard before. So yeah, where were we at last week? Last week was mental as anything. Oh yes, the mental training with mm-hmm. basically it was all the male members of Moya's crew. Yes, and actually last time we were like, well, do we get to see what the women get up to? And we were like, well, not in this episode, but this episode we do. We do actually see the other side of things. Woo! We see what they've been up to. So, you know, it's Aaron, Chiana, Naranti, and Sokozu go off to do their thing. And that's our episode this week. So, we do start out with previously on Farscape to catch everybody up. It does also mention... I think we also... We have bits about, you know, Aaron and John, of course. And just the fact that, they're, you know, they're still kind of on the run from Peacekeepers and Scarons and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, that's... it's Remember what the season has been about? Yeah. <laughs> they do keep doing it, and I understand why, because there have been a lot of a lot of things happening, and it is all... It, it, we're at the point now where it is all building up and it is all dependent on each other, and it's not just... We had a Monster of the Week episode about mm-hmm. two episodes ago, actually, twice shy, but now things are starting to pick up into, hey, remember all this continuity that happened before? It's going to come up again. And to be fair... Also, some things that get mentioned at the start here end up being relevant at the end. Yes, this is true. So, we actually have a scene where John and Aaron talking about, you know, hey, Scorpius can't know about us because he will use you, and Mm -hmm. that's why John's afraid about that. So, yeah, okay, we open this episode, though, on Moya, and we have Dargo, Rigel, John, Scorpius. They're back aboard from their mental training escapades from last (laughs) week. (laughs) Heavy Dargo-inspired episode. Mmm, and uh, Dargo actually starts out, he says, what's wrong? I've never seen you not eat, Rigel. Yeah, and Rigel says, well, I'm exercising mental discipline, as uh, I was taught, and not eating for a while. And I'm like, who are you and what have you done with Rigel? <laughs> he also says, like, it's not like any of you can cook anyway. <laughs> it's like, like, oh. Yeah. It's like, you could always cook for yourself. It's like, well, I don't do that. Well, I'm a dominant, I'm dead. <laughs> But John says, uh, well, no, we should cook something for the girls when they get back, because they're due back soon. And Scorpy pipes up and is like, I do believe they are overdue. Why could that be? Whoa. Cut to. So we cut to where they went 
to and uh, last episode it was mentioned that they were going to a dead leviathan to find parts for moya mm-hmm. and so they're heading to or we see an establishing shot actually of a leviathan crashed into or fused with an asteroid or like a very large asteroid and as we cut in they're walking in and you know describing the place saying you know this is a dead leviathan that was fused with this planetoid and turned into a commerce settlement and Aaron mentions that it doesn't look that impressive but Sokoza points out well duh if you were selling illegal tech would you want it to look like a place you want to go to yeah and what they're looking for is uh, they want something to camouflage Moya against long-range scans mm-hmm. and this is the place to find it there are outlawed mods, all that sort of things. There's also they also sell genetic modifications, species blending, and all the documentation that goes with that. Cool. So you can pretend to be a different species. Yeah. Also, I like that this. Uh, it isn't clear at first, but a couple of scenes later, or like as they walk through it, it's like, oh yes, of course, they've redressed Moya sets. Yes. To work for this place. Yep, I noticed that as well. It's lit with green lighting, and there's a lot more junk and stalls and you know things and people around so it does you know it does do that job of looking like a different place it doesn't it's not immediately obvious that it's you don't think like oh this is moya no definitely not it takes a bit and you're like oh of course they would reuse the the sets that makes sense it actually looks pretty good and and so they're walking through and they bump into someone yeah basically they get stopped at at the front of a restaurant i think yeah or like a bar and there's a a man with sort of a mop of brown hair and a vest and um tsukozu says we want to see wrecker and he's like i've never heard of him (laughs) no idea what you're talking about are you lost and Sokoza's like, look, we know that you have this whole deal going on, uh, illegal tech, we want to talk about this. Now that you know that we know that, can we have a private table, please? Yeah. I was like, fine, private table. And the, he brings some drinks over, and so they're all sat around the table, and uh, he says, like, well, what do you what do you want? What can I do for you? He says, Sokoza says, we want sensor distorters. Census distorting? Is that some kind of... Uh... Well, it's like sensual deformers or something. It's like, yeah. is that a sex toy? <laughs> Which makes Chiana laugh. And yeah. um, they're like, no, it's... You know what it is. Like, he's giving her the runaround. He, she, he's not giving clear answers. So he gives them the drinks, though. And Naranti sips one and spits it back out. She's like, don't drink them. They're drugged. And Aaron puts her gun on the table. And Sokozu says, oh, mood influencers. Okay, let's get down to brass tacks here. Yeah, and then he's like, well, okay, I apologize. I, and professionally, I respect your tactics. Well done. You know, he's, he's like, once they realize what's going on, he's like, okay, all right, you got me. That's yeah. fine. Good job. I'll go get Rekka now. Rekka just appears from the Actually, side. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> hello, I've been here the whole time. He just slides in, he's like, Hello. He's a, a shorter man, Sebastian man, with, like, he's bald on top, but he's got two, like, bits of hair coming down either side of his head, mm-hmm. sticking out. And so he slides in, and Sokozu repeats what they need, and he says, well, what do you want to look like? Also, at the same time, his assistant has grabbed a suitcase that oh, yes, of has course. a pop-out... Uh, it slides out, yeah. Yeah, it slides out with mechanical pieces in there. And he's like, well, if you want a sensor distorter, you have to tell us what you want to look like. And so Sokozu says, an ore freighter. Gianna says, oh, a fast, luxurious uh, speed 
ship with jacuzzi pleasure yachts and so, so aaron is looks and just says how about we have something that gives us a choice of different signatures yeah it's like oh that's expensive well we'll need to see your sensor modulator if you have any idea what that looks like ladies uh. and naranta just produces it it's like just puts it in front of his face and he's like oh Janice's like huh I guess we do. Yeah. And you, you can see Aaron have a little smug smile over there. I like, like that. Hey, dick. Yeah. Aaron's like, yeah, we're actually competent. What What a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> you dick. And he says, oh, this is partly organic. It's for a Leviathan. Well, Leviathans need custom builds. You'll. I'll have to take this. And Chiana says, well, that'll leave Moya half blind. And... <laughs> Aaron gives her a look, almost, and I was reading into this. It's like, don't say the name of the ship, you idiot. <laughs> oh, I missed that. It's very. I, I may be reading too much into it, but she looks as like, what? It's like, no, don't say the name, you. Oh god damn it. <laughs> so yeah, because it's a custom job, it's going to mm. take longer. It's going to take four arms. Aaron's like, that's too long and it's going to cost them it's going to cost them 19,000 krinders and they say oh you'll get some complimentary tokens to enjoy the facilities and Chiana just grabs the assistant kisses him on the mouth and is like what if I provide some uh, complimentary benefits 30,000 yeah 30,000 <laughs> and he, he looks at Naranti 40,000 if it's her <laughs> and I like that Naranti grabs the modulator points it while still holding it with her other fingers points her index finger at him is like be nice yeah. <laughs> so you yeah, love that to go in and Chiana's like, how about I do it? It's like 30,000. Like, God damn it. <laughs> also, they mentioned like, if you use this, your pilot will have to mimic the flight patterns of the ship that you're pretending to be. Is your pilot good enough? And Aaron immediately says yes, and Sokozu immediately says no. Basically, it goes, is your pilot good enough? No. Yes. Damn it! <laughs> and then uh, he's like, "You know what? That's your problem, not mine." You yeah, figure that out. That's a fair point. So yeah, now the asking price has gone way up. Yeah, and Aaron just tosses him a bag of money. He's like sixteen thousand. You get the half up front. Then he's like, mm, "Okay, fine." And meet us at the pod in four arms. Aaron says, "Too long." Aaron, but the man's like, "Hey, our deal, our rules. You have these tokens. Enjoy yourself in the meantime." We will see you later. Do you know where our pod is? She asks. And I said, oh yeah, we know where it is. Then why did you ask if they knew where the part was? You... That's that's the counterpoint. They're asking them, like, do you know where it is? Because they're assholes, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> so they leave and Chana's like, do we trust them? And no, of course not. Sukos <laughs> is like, chief, follow them, please. And so Chiana gets up to go follow them and keep track of them. So um, Chiana's walking through. It's it's a Leviathan corridor, still lit in green light. And there are like these big stone piles in the middle of the corridor. There are lots mm. of people in there. And she sees uh, the two... Rekka and his assistant go around a corner, and so she goes around a corner... And they're gone. Oh! Well, there's a different person there, but... That... Yeah, there's an alien uh, woman, I think, standing there, and... Mm-hmm. Okay, where did they go? Nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> and so Chiana seems to have lost them. And we cut back to the bar that Sokoza and Aaron are leaving, and they're like, Hey, hang on, where's Naranti? Also... Are those peacekeepers? Yeah, they spot some peacekeepers coming in, and they're like, okay, quick hide. They get behind, like, some crates or whatever. It's like, what are peacekeepers doing here? Aaron looks up, and it's Grazer 
Braca and four SSD commandos. Four SSD cards. I feel that is a lot ex- a bit excessive. That's nobody too needs much that storage. Many. No, yeah. <laughs> one, maybe two. <laughs> but uh, they're like, no, 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 they couldn't have followed us here. Sukosu says that's impossible. And Anne's like, yeah, I agree, unless somebody tipped them off. Sukosu. She does give her a look like that. It's also maybe it was. Uh, Rekka and his friend because they mentioned it was Moya. Fair point. But that would be very quick for Grazer to It would to be. Up. It would be very quick. And so we see Braca and Grazer. Braca says, are you sure they're coming, Mom? And she says, of course I'm sure. Keep searching. Keep your eyes open. And that's where we get title cut, which I feel this is the latest title cut we've had thus far. I suppose it is. It's it's, it's inconsistent on when it happens. It's consistently on the, mo- on the dramatic point, but the dramatic point took a while here. That is here. true. Hmm. And so, yeah, we come back from titles, and Aaron is trying to get on the comms with Chiana, but the comms are jammed. Mm-hmm. And Sokozu tells Aaron, like, okay, we have to stick together. It's like, well, what are you going to do? There's one gun and six of them. And it's like, well, we have two options. We can keep an eye on them, figure out what they're, what they're doing here, or we can take our four arms and hide, our four very long arms. So, also with Chiana we cut to at some point that uh, she was following the men from early that she lost them so she goes up to there's a there's a counter or a little mm-hmm. a desk with an older woman on it who's wearing like a white like pvc like gown <laughs> god can i just say this actress plays this character fantastically yeah it's really it, so she's got like a bob of like silver hair very uh long like false eyelashes that are mm-hmm. also white like insanely long eyelashes mm. and she's can I help you? And Chiana's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm looking for these two Sebastian males. They went that this way. Did you see them? You know, one's tall, one's short. And she says, haven't seen anybody of that description. And so Chiana's like, well, what's, uh, what, what's, what's in here? Because they're in front of like, there's a room. Services that you can't afford expensive services and so chiana puts down i think the tokens yeah she puts three of those tokens down it's like well i don't mind paying for services as long as they're worth it that woman really is like this is only a high society class location and you have you no can't come in here no exactly she's playing that to a t yeah and but she also has her assistant who's similarly dressed with the same kind of hairstyle but younger and taller and she's sort of there in the background while they're doing mm. this. So also back with the others, um, Naranti actually joins them. And Sokozu and Aaron are like, okay, peacekeepers, Braca and Grazer are here. We have to get out. Where's Chiana? And Naranti's like, I, I don't know. Naranti, can you go find Chiana? Yes. Aaron says to Sokozu, like, okay, we can either follow Grazer and find out what she's up to or we can stay out of sight. And of course they go for the more dramatic option, which is figure out what Grazer's doing here. So yeah, so we've got the two things. We've got Aaron... Uh, looking around we've got Chiana getting her whatever the service is because mm-hmm. we cut back in and she's taken through into the back with the uh, the assistant and or the younger woman uh, who basically she basically Chiana gets a massage yeah it is. yeah and so she lies down and there's like a hologram that pops up of like oh Nabari nerve centers mm-hmm. and so the woman starts giving her massage and Chiana's like oh Oh, that feels good. Oh, oh, uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the spot. <laughs> Basically. And so, uh, so you know, oh, you carry a lot of tension in your made-up alien nerve center. And Chiana goes, yeah, well, it's because I was, uh, you know, chasing these two Sebastian men. And, uh, 
Maybe you can help me find them. Uh, looked something a little bit like this, and the other looked like this. And so what happens is, as she's talking, like she's got, so she's got face down on like this table, mm-hmm. on the massage table, looking away. So she can't see the woman behind her doing the massage. And she, the woman touches a button on the console, and then changes, like, like transforms into a shorter, stockier woman. Yeah. Then presses it a, a, another time and transforms into a large, uh, muscular man, and then presses it again, transforms back into what into the original version. While a large, muscular man, she starts aggressively massaging Jana for asking so many questions, and mm. then puts a finger on a specific part between her shoulder blades, and it's like, this pressure point. While she's doing that, she transforms back. Apply enough pressure, and it paralyzes it. Nabari. From the neck down. And yeah. John's like, permanently? He's like, well, that depends on how hard you press. It's like, well, I, I was just I was just looking for Rekka. And as soon as she mentions Rekka, she's like, boom, takes the thumb out of her back. Yeah, it's like, okay. Do you know what else we sell here? It's like, yeah, 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 genetic modifications. Shape changes. And when the client buys shape changes, they also buy confidentiality. And so Chiana kind of puts her hand to her forehead, it's like, Oh, right, so they, they probably walked right by me and I didn't notice. Because yeah. they, they changed what they looked like. Great. This masseuse is nice. <laughs> this could have gone a lot worse. This masseuse is just like, look, kid, this is how it works. This is why I'm not going to tell you anything. We can finish the massage, but just stop asking questions. Yeah, you're wasting your time. And so uh, back with Eren and Sokozu, they were hiding. And they actually hear, they hear like the sound of something landing. There's like a shaking and like a... Yeah. And I like this between the two of yeah. them. Like, unusual sonic pattern to Sokozu. And, and Eren says, double-winged? Like, yes, definitely. Mm, it's probably a striker, the fastest ship in the Scaran fleet. Grazer recognized it as well. And Eren's like, well, what the frell is it doing here? And so Sokozu, actually, we didn't mention this before, but she's got like a little camera, it looks like, half yeah. of one, the front half. It's basically, it's some binoculars that zoom yeah. in. Allow her to keep an eye on Grazer from a distance. And I love that they have this back and forth, because... It's it's even short. It's in shorter bits than we just did it. But they're both like, of course, Aaron knows this because she's fought Scarons before. Yeah, and Sokozu knows this because she's from Scaron territory. Yeah, we know that Sokozu knows a lot about Scarons. Also, what then happens after they've seen that? They're watching over Grazer, and then a Scaron delegation like comes out. Yeah, and they're like, oh, shit, hide at the table. And it's a, there's a bunch of like regular warrior cast Scarons who we've seen before with like the longer heads. There's, I think there's only one warrior Scaron. There oh, is sorry, a yes, ruling class right. woman and there are four there's four Charids. Yeah, right. The Charids who we know are allies with the Scarons, they, they're the ones with the full like predator style makeup. Oh, yeah. not makeup. Predator style armor. Which is easier to do than paint up four <laughs> Scarons, so that's why... Yeah. yeah. You know, budgetary things. But So we actually see the, the female walking in who's a member of the ruling class or cast who we haven't seen before we haven't seen that we've seen a male one and like the male version uh this female one looks more human less monstrous it doesn't have like a stick like jutting out head but has like this big headdress on that comes like up from the back of her head Mm -hmm. it looks very imposing all in sort of black leather gown and as you would expect you know from scarons and she's got like i guess scales around the edge of her face and like along her cheekbones pointed teeth and it looks very cool so fun fact we have a woman in full head-to-toe makeup as a major 
spoilers, I guess, but has a fairly major role in this episode. Guess who's playing this alien? Let me guess. Ben Browder's wife. Yes, Francesca Buller, once again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should, I should know that name by now. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so she plays uh, this character who we will find out who that is a bit later. Um, but she comes in and Sakota's like, yes, one commander, one adjutant and four charred warriors. Same as the peacekeepers, which implies... A meeting. But why? Yeah. But Sakosa's like, okay, if Grace is here for this, then she's clearly not interested in us. You know, this is the perfect opportunity for us to get out of here. And Aaron is like, hang on. No, 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 no. This gives us the perfect opportunity to find out what's happening here. Grazer is clearly going outside of her book. She's only here with a small contingent. This is a neutral place with no Scarron presence. Like, Mm -hmm. this is neither of them are supposed to be here. Yeah, they're both going outside of their jurisdiction. Yeah. And Aaron is like, if in some way we can relay this information to high command... We can get Grey's a relief of command, which gets her off our backs. So Aaron decides that it's time to make brave and heroic decisions. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Sakosa's like, oh, yeah, okay, I agree with what you're saying, but this is big thing. There are a lot of ifs yes. in this plan. And Aaron's like, yeah, but have we been in a more fortuitous situation to try? Fair point. And so then we cut to Naranti, who has gone up to the same desk that Chiana did to try and find her. And she says, oh, I'm looking for a Nabari girl about this tall, grey. And the, the woman immediately yells for the for the other one in the back. It's like, get out here. Did you hear what the woman said the moment Naranti walks up to the desk? I, I think I missed that. What was it? The woman at the desk says, I can't possibly help you. Yes. <laughs> so you. And so, yeah, but she yells yells to the back and then chiana immediately comes out and naranti's like oh there she is come on come on we have to leave we have to get to the pod now there are there are peacekeeper commandos here she's a bit more subtle with that so like there's guests that we really don't want to meet well yeah at first and then they walk a bit further but down in the corridor then she says like braca and grazer and peacekeeper commandos and you can see the two women watching them interestingly so okay the the two women there's a tall one and a short one yeah which is there's also Rekka and his assistant his assistant was tall he was short i feel like they were setting us up to think that, that it was Rekka and his assistant in disguise that wouldn't surprise me actually because there's a tall one and a short one and that's the thing they can't they can't change that because we know that they're in disguise so i feel ah. like that especially with them watching i feel like they were setting that up We'll get more into the rest of the episode because that doesn't actually really go anywhere. But No, it, it actually gets disproven later in the episode. It does. But I feel like this scene was like, oh, are we meant to think it could be those two because it's the one short mm. one. Yeah. But so, yeah, Naranti takes Chiana. So, no, we have to leave. We have to get out. There's Braca, Grazer, and four Peacekeeper SSDs. And Chiana's like, what? No, that's impossible. Four is, four is way too many. You only need like two, maybe. All right, all right. Okay, we've made this joke already. <laughs> That's the last time. Is it? I don't know, is it? <laughs> uh, you, you control the editing, of course I it do. is. I <laughs> do. So Chiana tries to calm Aaron, but Naranti's like, no, the, the comms are jammed. And they're about to g- go out the corridor. And then they see the Peacekeeper commandos. They're like, oh, crap. And so they run back to the service desk. And they're like, mm-hmm. Chiana says, transform us. Good enough to fill a DNA scan. We don't care what it is. Yeah, and taller woman's like, well, um... First, you need to decide a species. And she's like, whatever, surprise us. Maybe with big, yeah, and then... And uh, eyes, preferably. They're like, we're not choosy. Let's, let's, Let's go. And then the older woman says like, okay, you take her, Chiana, to the one and i'll service this one and kind of mm. gives her like a strained smile yeah and, like, and naranti kind of smiles back like 
And so now we cut to well, the Peacekeepers and the Scarens. And so they're meeting in what was the old pilot's chamber of this dead Leviathan. Yeah. Perfect location for a meeting like this. Yeah. And so Grazer and the Scarren woman, they're in the pilot's seat, basically, and the others yeah. are around the outside. And so Aaron and Sokozu have snuck around to get a, a good look at this. Yeah. From the- above. The familiar vent. Yes. In fact, and I like that this there's like overgrown bits of like, I think there's plant mm-hmm. or there's bits of rock that are in and out of there so that it looks it looks different and it's lit differently. And yeah, they're basically spying up above looking down into Pilot's Den. Yep. And so Sokozu gets her binoculars and points it at it. Aaron's like, well, what's going on? It's like, okay, this this enhances sound as well. I'll, I'll just turn, turn that on. Aaron's like, well, tell me what's happening. Keep me updated or else I'll take that thing from you. And so we find out that the Scarron woman is War Minister Arkner, who yeah. is third in rank in the Scarron fleet. Okay. Mm, that's a big deal. Yeah. Grazer assures Arkner, it's like, I've abided by the terms of our meeting and you'll have to take my word for it. Because Arknap tries to read Grazer's mind and it's like, hmm, you've been conditioned to withstand scaring mind reading. And like, we all have. And if you want to waste any more time testing us, and Arknap says, well, I don't like wasting time. Why are you here? Same reason you're here. I want peace. And uh, Arknap's like, everyone wants peace. What price are you willing to pay to achieve it? Oh, the Luxon territories. And Sokozu tells Eren this. Like, Eren's like, what? No, she can't mean that. Peacekeepers and Luxons, they've got a mutual defense pact. She has to be bluffing. She can't fulfill that promise. The Luxons would go to war. And Sokozu points out, well, yeah, how long do you think the Luxons would survive without Peacekeeper backup? And Eren's like, well, okay, if that's really Grazer's plan, we have to stop her. And <laughs> Sokozu's like, I doubt we could talk her out of it. Oh, I wasn't, ta- I wasn't thinking about talking. I have a gun. <laughs> that's what i think we have a fade out there and yeah fades a commercial when we come back and sukos is like what you want to assassinate grazer yeah yeah she'd do the same to us mm-hmm. <laughs> i love this bit because now they're actually uh, walking and talking in inside the the room that they were looking down from and sukos is like well do you have any plan of escape yeah run anything more detailed run fast <laughs> i love that and he's like, well, what do we do if we run into more opposition than we can handle? Look, do you want to have the conversation with Dargo about why his homeworlds were destroyed? is like, all right, fine. So we go back down. They, they keep spying on Grazer and Arkner. Grazer says, like, in return for dominion over Luxon territories, the Scarrens will relinquish all claims to disputed sectors of uncharted territories. And Arkner's like, what does that mean? It's like, well, anything beyond this nebula. Yeah, she's like, there's no way High Command would go for that. And it's hardly an equitable exchange. Grace, it's more than an equitable exchange. The Luxon worlds are are very high in resources. You've coveted them for decades. There's little of value in the Uncharted Territories. And that makes Arkness suspicious. Like, why would you make such an exchange? Especially now, since the Luxons are your allies. Well, High Command is already regretting that decision. Yeah. Luxons are warriors, not diplomats. They're a liability to the peace efforts. And Arkness like, so you would just abandon them? Yes, for the greater good. The greater good. And Grace is like, yeah, we, and we know how long you've coveted the Luxons' resources. And Arkner replies, like, yes, but we know how long you've wanted the Uncharted Territories because that would give you a lot of expansion room. Well, so everybody gets what they want. Everybody's happy. Everyone gets advantages and we avoid a costly war. 
Akna, though, is suspicious because she's like, I don't believe that High Command would support you for such a treaty. And then Grazer says, Well, there are quite a few people in High Command who are already on my side and feel that there should be a change in leadership. And Akna's like, well, you would seize power? For the greater good. The greater good. (laughs) But greater good, my ass. Yeah. Grazer wants the rule. Of course she does. Of course. And Grazer's like, well, the benefits of this treaty will also help to speed your ascent through the Scarran hierarchy. And Arkner's like, I don't need your help with that. Oh, really? How long has it been since your father was deposed? And um, what's uh, the last time you've been promoted? And Arkner's like, it's been too long. But then I don't resort to the methods you utilize to add to advance. And when she says this, she gives, she looks Grazer up and down, which is like, oh, so she's implying that Grazer kind of slept her way to the top. What she's implying is the gland that Grazer yeah, had right, the gland. implanted. Yeah. Oh, partially of that. Part of that, yeah. It's it's partially that and mind control, basically, as we've, as we've seen. But what I like is that Grazer responds and simply says... You would deny yourself the use of a weapon just because you were be would be too squeamish? Yeah, out of squeamish good taste. Yeah, squeamish good taste. It's an interesting flip because the Scarans have been portrayed as monstrous. Mm-hmm. That Arkner is the one who's like, yeah, well, at least I don't, you know, date rape people to get to where I want to get. Yeah. To Grazer. And Grazer, I, I like how Grazer justifies herself. I mean, yeah, for a villain, it makes it makes sense. It's like it's a means. Why would I not use it? Yeah, it, it's definitely that ends justify the means approach that makes sense for your you know evil villain to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And um, as they're having this conversation, though, a peacekeeper commando comes up to Braca. It's like. Sir, we have word of a somebody has spotted an, an Abari in the settlement. Description matches the escaped Chiana. And Bracus like, stay here, I'll take care of it. And so they he walks out and <laughs> walks out and Chiana and Naranti have just they've just finished their genetic modification. And so they come out and okay, so Chiana is now blue rather than grey. She has red hair instead of white hair. Mm-hmm. And she's dressed in like a turquoise blue like coat with like it's got like it's it seems to be like pvc leather but it's like trousers and like a top with like a big neck frill yeah a a large brim going up and naranti looks a lot younger and she's got black hair and it's coming down over where her third eye would be and it's not clear whether or not they've removed the third eye or if it's just covered by the hair i'm pretty sure it's removed because she mentions a little bit later it's like i don't even have a third eye oh right she's coming it's like my my wrinkles my my wisdom lines i worked hard for those i don't have them now oh this is terrible are her ears even bigger now i think her ears are about the same size i think okay but they come around the corner and baraka is there and he's saying like we're looking for a female nabari and so naranti and chiana are like standing at a bar like looking off and it's like you have you seen her have you seen a Nabari? And she turns around and is like, no. And actually, before they do, Chiana's like, I'll do the talking. Leave it to me. Yeah. It's like, well, you could try level three, whether I'll, any fi- kind of female that you want. And Brock is suspicious. He's like, mm. grabs her. And it's like, all right, DNA test. And, and she pulls her arm away. It's like, no, get your hands off me. I'm not for sale. I don't even like men. And turns to Naranti. Mm-hmm. And gets very close to her. Yeah, and Baraka basically twists her arm behind her. And it's like, all right, DNA scan. Pokes a device in the back and is like, looks at it, like, hmm, okay. 
you pass and then uh does the same to naranti and <laughs> does it to naranti he's like "Ooh, what's that is that drugs i don't need drugs when i've got true love and he's looking at chiana while saying this mm-hmm. they're like very close to each other it's like all right well have you seen her and it's like oh i wouldn't even know one if i saw one if it bit me on the prang <laughs> yeah bit me on the prang be exciting though it's like gray girl thin young and chiana's like good looking brock is like eh shrugs <laughs> And and Chiana looks at him it's like, we don't even notice the good-looking one. And so Braca and his peacekeepers leave him alone. And Naranti tells Chiana, again, they're, they're very close, and he's like, I thought we did rather well. And I told you I was going to do the talking. Well, we did okay. And then Chiana goes in and bites Naranti on the ear, and it's like, come on. We have to go. And they pull away and run off. I think they both enjoyed that a little bit. I think they definitely did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Why not? Yeah. And so now we cut back to Sokozu and Aaron, who are uh, still spying on Grazer and Akna. And Sokozu says to Aaron, like, they're, okay, they're arguing about how to cover up the uncharted territories. Mm-hmm. Grazer says, do we have an agreement? But Akna wants to talk about disarmament. And Grace is like, I only came here to talk about territories. I, we are not going to disarm ourselves. Akna says, well, that's unsatisfactory. Like, you claim military superiority and you are not prepared to talk about disarmament we are prepared to live in peace we are not prepared to make ourselves vulnerable also greater says we do more than claim that we're in military superiority and Arkna states well there are some in our hierarchy that believe that you are already vulnerable and that your claims of superiority are exaggerated Perhaps the destruction of our dreadnought was an experiment you've been unable to repeat. Or perhaps it wasn't you who did it. Oh, so the peacekeepers claimed John's work. Exactly. Way back uh, Infinite Possibilities, Icarus abides. When they used the wormhole weapon to destroy the dreadnought, the peacekeepers, now we know that they've taken responsibility. Or they said, that was us. Yeah, that was wormhole weapons. See, we have wormhole weapons. <sighs> Attribute work to the artist, peacekeepers. God yeah. damn it. How, do we, how many times do we have to tell you? this source your things man come on yeah but i like that arkner is like yeah maybe that wasn't you and maybe that was an experiment because it only happened the one time <laughs> if this is the case why should we settle for peace and grazer's like well because you would lose any war that we have our wormhole weapons would destroy you and sokozu tells aaron's like arkner's suspicious that the peacekeepers are lying about having wormhole weapons and aaron's like that's the only thing that's keeping this whole balance in check if she finds out they don't have wormhole weapons Everybody's frailed. Hashtag Scorpius was right. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, Scorpius proved correct. Because that's the whole. That's why his whole project was going on. It's because wormhole weapons are the only things that can hold off the Scarens. And Grazer thought it was a waste of time. Yep. And now look what she's doing. She's bluffing with it. it doesn't have wormhole weapons because she discontinued Scorpius' project. Oh. So good job breaking it, Grazer. You screwed it up. If only you still had that tech, huh, Grazer? Yeah, funny that, isn't it? When you suddenly you need it, you find out that you screwed it all up. Scorpius was right all along. She'd never admit it. <laughs> of course not. So I just like that. It's like, yeah, everything Scorpy said was right about that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Sokozu looks back down and sees that, okay, they've got a document drawn up. Arkna's looking over it. Grazer's, you know, finalizing it. And Aaron's like, all right, time to intervene and gets her gun ready. But then they hear it, there's a commando looking around for them. Yeah, looking around, doing a, doing a patrol. And they're like, they suddenly like, oh, shit, and they hide. And the commander walks in, looks around, 
Sokozu detaches from the ceiling. Quick note, the commando, they've got like peacekeeper armor, but they're wearing berets for some reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Sokozu drops down, grabs him by the neck. Yeah, she grabs like a wire around his neck, pulls him down so he can't scream or anything. And then Aaron walks in, gives him the old cigar special and snaps his neck. Yeah, it's like... It's a really horrible sound as well, like... Crunch! Like, oh, yep. oh. Thick neck. Remember Twice Shy, where John said he wasn't scared of Aaron? Okay, maybe a little bit scared of Aaron? Yeah, this is why you should be scared of Aaron. Yeah, should just twist your head off. Yeah. <laughs> so they then take the Peacekeeper's rifle. And they point down, and so what's happening is Arkner and Grazer are about to sign the treaty, and Arkner calls her guard, the Scarron, to bear witness. And uh, so he comes around. What happens is... He comes around in front of the two of them, so Aaron can't get a clear shot. Yeah, she can't get a shot on Grazer. And so they both go to sign the treaty, which they do by putting, like, crystals on a Mm -hmm. thing. You know, put their stamp on it. And yeah, they do that. Sikosa's like, ah, we're too late. Just kill Grazer anyway. They won't be able to enforce it when when she's dead. And Aaron just can't get a shot, and she knows she can't shoot through the Scarron, because this bullet would just bounce off a Scarron. Yeah, and so then Braka returns, and... It's like, there was no intruder. Grace is like, not to worry, uh, Captain. Anyway, this was an historic day. And Braca says, congratulations, Mum. And then Arkner says, Penok, you know, calling out to her Scarron guard, who then turns around, kills what the Peacekeeper Commando and puts the old Scarron mind heat thing on Braca, and he collapses. And Grace is like, what are you doing? This is an act of war. You're a fool. And Arkness says, you won't be missed. We merely want to talk in much more detailed terms about your wormhole capabilities. And Grazer's like, you already know you're not going to get any information from us. Well, maybe not here, but our facilities on Catrazzi are so much better. And also, again, hashtag Scorpius was right. The, yes. The Scarons are, gonna, are not going to go for peace. They're going to wait until you're vulnerable and then attack you, which is exactly what they just did. Yep. I had that in my notes as well. Scorpius warned you, Grazer. Yeah. He warned you this was going to happen and you didn't listen. You didn't listen. And so Arkner has captured Grazer and Braca and is like, take them away. And they're going to go interrogate them. And so Sikozu says to Aaron, like, what's going to happen when they learn the truth about wormhole weapons? Yeah, then we're all frailed. Aaron says, we can't let that happen. And so they run outside. They run into Chiana and Naranti. And they're actually, like, run out and they hide behind some boxes and some crates mm-hmm. because the uh, Scarons are coming out of the pilot's den. And I love how Sikozu and Aaron later as well both immediately recognize Chiana and Naranti, even yeah. though they're, com- well completely between air quotes uh different and so arkner's taking them out to their ship Aaron says to sakosa like okay you follow them gestures points yeah like, follow them and then sakosa goes off Aaron goes across to chiana and naranti does a double take it's like what the frell happened to you look we got changed okay we'll be fine it's not permanent and so Aaron tells chiana it's like okay go back to the pod Get the modulator and just wait for us there. And so Chiana goes off to do that. And then Aaron goes up to Naranti. He's like, okay, what have you got? Weapons, powder, anything? Well, I've got this powder that puts them to sleep. Do you have any on you? No. She goes through the little bag. like, oh, no, I haven't got any. Oh, but I have these uh, seeds. They're very powerful. Should knock anybody out. It's like, does it work on Scarons and Charids? It's like, well, I've never actually tried before. Well... Yes, it's time for a field test then. So now we cut to uh, Grazer and Arkner, and we see that Grazer is actually being held in a little 
I guess a containment pod. Yeah, a little bit like a sarcophagus, only the front is still open. And it's vertical, and she's she's still awake, and she's like, you know, this blunder's going to cost you dearly. And in the back, Braca is tied up to, like, a, to a railing. Braca's like, you're fools, you're, our wormhole weapons will decimate the Scarens. The Scaren just points his hand at Braca, frying his brain a little bit. And it... <laughs> It's the same shot from before. Oh, was it? It's exactly the same shot. Oh, that, I did it, not notice that. That was in the... When they did it in the pilot's den, they just reused the exact same shot when he puts the puts his hand out. It's very quick. It's like a couple of seconds. But I was like, that's the set. You reused that footage so you didn't have to put the effect on another thing. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> I was just thinking, oh, poor Braca. Taking the brunt of all the abuse here. I mean, that's usually what happens to Braca. Yeah. And so Pennock goes over to Arkness, like, do we need this one? It's like, yes, we do. It's like, well, when we no longer have a use for him, can I kill him? Fine. Like, sure. Summon the Dreadnought to the rendezvous point. We're leaving. And so uh, we cut back out to, it's basically the bar area where Naranti is preparing the spores. It's like, it takes a lot of time and spit. It's like, Aaron says we haven't got much time. And Ranty counters, I don't have enough spit. <laughs> and so she's, you know, trying to make this stuff up. And Sikozu runs in, to tell, says to Aaron, they took Brock and Grazer to Bay 9. The ship's still powered down, though. And two chariots came out after them, and they're heading this way. Okay, everybody hide! So they hide, uh, the chariots come around. But then Naranti steps out and goes up to one of the chariots and says, Oh, I, I know who you're looking for. Oh, excuse Oh, oh, I have to sneak and blows some stuff into his face. Mm-hmm. And then Ranty's like, oh, yes, you're looking for Peacekeeper. Well, look behind you. There's one right there. He turns around. It's the other chariot, but he thinks it's a Peacekeeper. We see it, see it turn into a Peacekeeper from mm-hmm. his point of view. And so he shoots that one, and they shoot each other. Yeah, he gets shot back, and they both fall on the ground dead. And they're like, all right, good work. <laughs> yeah, nicely done, Ranty. And they take the chariot's guns, and then Aaron looks at Sikosa's like, now, I know it's not your color, but... Uh... And they look and they both kind of smile like, ah. And so we then cut... We don't see them put on the gear. We just cut no. and then they're, they're dressed up as chariots, which mm-hmm. is, you know, convenient that they have the full face covering armor. And... and convenient that apparently, despite hurting the person inside, the gun doesn't actually fry any pieces of the armor. <laughs> also, at this point, I feel like I'm just going to point this out. This was a very much another episode where I was like, this is a tabletop role-playing game. Yes. This is a group of players going through this and like oh we took these guys well let's take their disguises and i I had it at the start when they were negotiating also then as well yeah definitely like look we know that you know that we know that you're doing something here so let's just talk show also that bit between sakozu and aaron where they're like okay we know this is a perfect opportunity for us to leave and yeah. I was like, no, we have to stay, find out what they're doing. And, and that was clearly the GM planted that in there because he wanted them to stick around and lo- look at it. It's, it's like Aaron's players like, no, 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 the plot is this way. <laughs> and Sakosa's players like, no, we should leave. Self-interest, we've got to get out of here. Yeah, like, suicide is not a good way to end a story, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking that. And then this part really hammers that home. It's like, yeah, they've sneaking up on them and so they take naranti in it's like naranti comes in saying like oh no help i'm being i'm being taken by these people yeah by two of you looking at the chariot that's uh, guarding brock and grazer yeah and so uh (laughs) then they (laughs) 
I love this that um, Aaron's been taking pointers from John clearly mm. because she's like, "Hey, beautiful," and the chariot looks around and then she shoots him. In the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like that's a total John move. That's definitely a John move. <laughs> and so yeah, they shoot the last chariot guarding Grazer and Braca, and they're able to uh, get them out of there. So then we cut to Chiana, who's got back to the pod. And she gets on the pod and it's like, all right, get ready to go, start it up. Mm-hmm. But then Wrecker and his assistant come in and attack her. Because, well, at this point, we don't actually know why. They seem highly aggressive for people that should be helping them. Yeah, and they sort of grab her and tie her to the seat. And so we cut back to Grazer and the others. And at this point, we cut back and Aaron and Sokozu are out of the chariot costumes. Yeah. <laughs> They're just piled up on the floor. And like, I like that it's at this point that um, Grazer says... Officer Aaron's son. It's like, what, you didn't... You waited until she was fully, like, yeah. out of the gear. <laughs> You'd expect at the moment she takes the helmet off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Grazer is polite. I suppose, yeah, we'll, we'll wait until you're finished. Yeah, we'll wait, we'll wait until you're ready for this conversation. And Aaron says, well, for the Luxon Treaty alone, I should kill both of you. Yeah. And Grazer says, well, if I'm alive, I can repudiate that treaty. And Aaron's like, why would you do that? You signed it yourself. You came up with the idea yourself. And Grazer says, if the Scarans hadn't betrayed me, I'd have stood by it, and we could have lived in peace and Aaron's pointing gun at her of course and mm-hmm. Grazer asks Aaron's like well how are you going to get past the command carrier that's in orbit without me <sighs> fine and Aaron t- tells Sakosa's like all right we're leaving if I'm not back at the pod in half an hour go without me what just go if I'm not back in half an hour just go yeah and they've pulled Grazer and Braca out tied them together and Sokozu is basically leading him away with the rifle. And so Aaron shoots at the last chariot. And, okay, the chariot goes down easy, but then Pennock, the other, the, the Scarron, uh, Aaron starts, shoots him in the chest like three times and it doesn't affect him. One, he's a Scarron. Two, he's wearing body armor. Yeah, that's where we cut away and I'm like, Aaron, aim for the head! Yes, well, you know, if they're, if they're trained like normal soldiers, then they're trained to shoot center mass. Yeah, but if you're fighting Scarons, I'm assuming you'd be trained to shoot for the most squishy part possible, because mm. we've seen these things can take a hell of a lot of firepower. This is true. So yeah, we cut away, and um, Sokozu and Naranti are taking Grazer and Baraka with them, and they get back out to the front, and they're tied together, and they're like, Grazer and Baraka say, Aaron's as good as dead, we have to leave. Sokozu's like, no, we're, we're waiting for her, she will survive, she's not dead. We need to get to the pod. No, we're waiting here at the cafe, just get in here. This is an undefensible position. May I suggest, Baraka goes, no, shut up, shut up, everybody. <laughs> and so Grazer and Baraka are still like, well, you know, we, we should get out of here we're not really dead and Sokoza is getting flustered looking back and forth and yeah. uh, she turns away to look behind her and- yeah where Naranti is also there because she's like she's barking something to Naranti and the moment that happens I love that Grazer and Braca together just leap forward that the arm they're tied uh, where they're tied together and just slam it into Sokoza's face yeah and then they just run off and like get the marauder ready we're leaving they also knock out Naranti but- yeah they punch her as well and so they're like, I, I like that as soon as they're both, Grazer and Braca are like, well, you know, we shouldn't, this is undefensible. They're, they're, they're immediately, they're both on the same page. Of like, yeah, 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 yeah. They know exactly what they're trying to do. And then they together use the um, the yeah, bar that's tying them together to knock out Sokozu in one move. Yeah, and so then they've got away. Now we cut back to Chiana in the pod and Rekka and his assistant, uh, they tied her up and she's like, why did you do that? It's me. It's from earlier, the Chiana. And they're like, no, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, because the reason they attacked her 
look, we don't let our clients' ships be stolen. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty good customer service, actually. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. But Shiana's like, look, I, I was genetically transformed. I was trying to hide from peacekeepers, and they're still suspicious. But uh, Rekka's assistant goes down to her and kisses her. And then he stands up and is like, yeah, it's her. It's it's her. It's definitely Chiana. <laughs> yeah. They didn't change her tongue. Oh, well, in that case, and <laughs> I'm tired. Very, like, very sorry. Here's your modulator, and there you go. And But they, they don't untie her, actually. They just put the oh, modulator right. in their lap. Yeah. It's like, we'll take the money from her pocket. It's like, hey, do I get a discount for being knocked out? He's like, no, 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 no. And uh, give her the modulator and say, look, all you have to do is plug this into this part of the neural cluster. The pilot will feel his option. Mm-hmm. and we'll take the rest of our money and we'll be leaving now bye bye and at that point Sokozu and Randy come in it's like the- huh and they leave oh Jen are you okay yeah don't worry about it it was fine and Sokozu's like okay we wait half an hour for Aaron like you said and I think Chiana says what if the Scarens get here first Sokozu says then we leave immediately because Aaron's as good as dead yeah and so Sokozu and Chiana actually they start arguing about that it's like no we can't leave her and then Aaron comes in and Randy's like she's here go 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 and Aaron's like yeah get, get us out of here let's move and so the pod takes off we cut back to Moya pilot says there's a transport pod approaching at high speed it's signaled the return and um yeah it's like oh are they signaling any distress no are we signaling rigel's distress no <laughs> it's like inadvisable because that would tip off the scarron dreadnought that is following them uh, uh, dargo immediately is like starburst the moment they're on board and, and i like the pilot's like already ahead of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so they bring the pod on board pod goes aboard moya and as soon as they do pilot's like initiating starburst and they do a starburst and we have a starburst like we have the starburst shot which mm-hmm. actually we haven't seen in quite a while yeah you said we, i was gonna see this thing being used over and over again and i had forgotten how like we had this period where we just didn't see it no this is it's been a long while since this is the same shot from at the start of the season yeah 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 or maybe even somewhere in season three but this is the second time we've seen this one. So, But yeah, so they, they do the starburst and they jump away. And we cut in on Dargo and Chiana. Can I just say, by the way, that I'm impressed Aaron got out of that. Yeah. Like, apparently there's two dead Scarens somewhere. It's like, no, no, she can't possibly take on two Scarens all by herself. Yeah, no, it's Aaron, she can't. So we cut back in on Dargo and Chiana. And Chiana's still, the treatment hasn't worn off. And Dargo's sniffing. He's like, hmm, changed how you smell. Yes, it's changed my entire anatomy. And that includes also my smell. Do you like it? Dargo leans in. He's like, no, I prefer the elegant gray. Mm. And then backs up and walks away. He's like, hey, wait wait a minute. Yeah, I was like, wait, uh, hang, hang, wait, hang, wait hang on. Are these two, are these two kids? Is there a thing? It's probably just flirting. It's probably, it's probably just probably flirting. Does. I just wouldn't worry about it. Uh, so then Rigel uh, is following Naranti. He says, like, oh, you paid too much for this. And Naranti's like, you don't know if I paid at all. So, well, it was still too much. And he's following her. He's like, look, I'll... I'll forgive you if you cook for me. And she says, I may never cook again. And <laughs> and he's like, no, no, please, Naranti, following. <laughs> and so then we, like, as they walk off down the car- corridor and the camera pans around mm-hmm. to Aaron and John walking down. And John's like, okay, it's not your fault. 
Yeah, well, she got away. And Aaron's like, the Scarans must be, they have to be dead set on war. They didn't go for the proposal. And John's like, okay, no, that's Scorpius's line. Yeah. And John's like, all right, whatever, okay, we got away. Let's not lose sleep over this. Oh, well, is there something else we should lose sleep over then? And then <laughs> they get very close and like, eh. And John goes like, oh, this is dangerous. And she leans in, but he doesn't. Yeah, because they're still trying to keep it secret from Scorpius. Mm-hmm. And then Moya drops out of Starburst, and Pilot immediately is like, uh, so we Starbursted, but the Scaran warship is somehow still in pursuit at the edge of our sensor range. Yeah. How? How? Dargo and John are like, okay, well, must be, yeah, must be a beacon of some kind. Mm-hmm. And Pilot's like, well, I don't detect anything. And Chiana's searching through the pod. It's like, no, there's nothing in the pod. Scorpius is checking the uh, modulator. It's like, nope, it's also not in here. Scorpius is at least trying to fix fix it into Moya's systems. Yeah, so they can start using it. And so they're like, okay, it's nothing in the hardware. So what about the software, says John. And they're like looking around at everybody. And they're, they're all up on command apart from uh, Scorpius. Oh, it's Scorpius yeah. and Naranti who are down there. Yeah. Fixing that. And I, th- I think Chiana and Rigel are in the pod checking that one. Yeah. Everyone else is up on command. Aaron suggests to John, so, well, it could be Sokozu. We were separated for a, a time. They look at her and she's like, I did not betray you. I didn't. And there's a DRD comes up, flicks out its scanner, and you can see Sokozu back up nervously. And I'm like, oh, she didn't. And it scans her and it's like, no, nothing here. Okay, she really didn't. And so a DRD does the same thing to everyone else who was away. So one scans Chiana, one scans Naranti, mm-hmm. one scans Aaron, and Pilot's like, I found nothing. Yeah, no beacons. And Scorpius chimes in with, then a tier-by-tier search would be the inevitable next step. And everybody's like, we don't have time for that. John's like, okay, can we starburst? And Pilot's like, no, not yet. Okay, can we hide the ship? The distorter isn't ready yet, Scorpius says. Okay, how long do we have until they get into sensor range? Aaron asks. 200 microns. And Naranti's like, no one's chasing Moira and Pilot, so it might be better to just leave them. And John says, are we going to bail? Aaron's like, we might have to. But what about the baby? And I'm like, oh, crap, they might have put the beacon in the baby. But Aaron's like, I, I like that he, that John first, what about the, uh, and he cradles his arms. Yeah. And, and like, then huh? he says the baby. And Aaron looks and like, what, what do you mean? The baby. Aaron's still confused. John says, where's the beacon? And she says, we, we don't know. Where's the beacon, Aaron? Don't know. And he steps backwards, pulls his pistol on Aaron. And everyone's like, whoa. And she's like, where's the beacon? Where's the baby? Beacon baby, beacon baby, where is it? And she's just very, very confused about both yeah, things. Yeah, and very terrified. And he's like, who's the father of the baby, Aaron? Who's the father of the baby? Who's the daddy? Dargo, tell her who the daddy is. I'm your daddy. <laughs> you missed that line. That's not what he says. Uh, no, but it's that's also clearly a callback to that line. Yes. It's like, that's a callback to season three. When the Johns get split, yeah. Yeah, it's like, who's the daddy, Dargo? Who's the daddy? We don't know who the daddy is. <laughs> but that's like cluing him in is like something's wrong and he's like baby beacon spell it spell baby spell it in english is what he's implying a b c d e f g h where's aaron and so she goes for her gun john immediately just shoots yeah in the face and there's sparks come out of her face. We see it from the side, just... And we cut around to the front, and we see inside her head's been blown off, or half of her face has been blown off, and there's, like, white 
goop and electrical components inside and she collapses backwards. She's a frelling synth. <laughs> I like that Dargo, the moment the gun goes off, he just instinctually runs forward angrily and then stops the moment he sees what Aaron's face look like. looks like. Yeah, and I think it's Sokozu who said, she's a bioloid. But Scorpio is like, I've, I've temporarily patched in the distorter. You have control, pilot. You should have your options. Ah, yes, I feel them. Um, what do we want to look like? And so Sokozu says, uh, be a Scarron or freighter. Mimic its movements. Yeah. All this time, John's just collapsed on his knees near fake Aaron. Yeah. And so the warship signals them. And we actually see a CG shot of the warship coming in. It's yeah. the same design we saw in Icarus Abides. Big, mm-hmm. like, cylindrical center with, like, thick spokes coming out. Yeah, large, thick blocks attached to the sides. Yeah. And so we get some close-ups of it with its guns and everything. And just and... seeing tiny ships fly past. And you're like, if those are fighters, this thing is enormous. Yeah. And it uh, signals them and starts speaking in Scarron. We get a shot of Scorpius, like, my mother tongue. We say, the mother tongues and so uh they say to sakosa's like get on the comms i think dargo just leans into her as like you and so she comms them back in scarron and we don't see what she says we don't have subtitles or anything no and then the warship comes back and then leaves so yeah they got away with it and dargo's like what do you tell them i told them that we saw a leviathan pass by moments ago and we thanked them for scaring it away yeah, because we were afraid it was going to board us. Yep. So, John is kneeling down again in front of the bioloid Aaron. So, yeah, now I think there's a fade there. We come back. Sikosu's found the homing device in what was left of the neural processor in the synthetic Aaron. John got lucky he shot exactly the right part. <laughs> yeah. And then Sikosu says, so the device containing... Grazer was not meant to transport her. No, it was meant to make a copy of her. Because Scorpius chimes in with that uh, on the comms, and he says, It replicates living flesh. We've known about it for some time, but never encountered the results. Never knowingly encountered the results. True. And Dargo says, It's an effective technique. No rescue attempt while they're still at their leisure to torture Grazer. And now her duplicate spies on the peacekeepers says Chiana. Well, that's provided that the person that escaped was the duplicate and not the original. That's the whole thing. We're now dealing with a whole doppelganger replacement. It's very complicated because we don't get a good idea of who escaped and who didn't. It's it's left very vague. I couldn't parse some of these sentences either. Don't know what you mean about it either. Some of this made sense. It's where it's like, the idea is that they took Grazer and duplicated her and they needed mm-hmm. to keep her alive to do that. And so they sent the other Grazer off to be their spy in Peacekeeper High Command. They were taking her back to do that, or they were scanning her with the device to make a fake copy. And so then the real Grazer gets away with Braca because she was captured. Meanwhile, while Aaron was separated, she fought the Scarrens, got captured, duplicated, and the double was sent back to Moya. Yeah, that's what happened. And they wonder, like, why would they copy Aaron? Well... Probably because they were hoping that she might, the copy might be able to bring Grazer back or John. Yeah, says Scorpius, and Sakosa's like, I, I, I got away, but, but she got caught, and yeah, she's you know, distressed, and she has survivor guilt at this point. Mm. And Dargo says, 
Sakosu. She's like, you okay? And he basically asks Sakosu to leave. It's like, Sakosu, you clearly you need a moment. Yeah. M- mostly also, getaway John needs a moment. Yeah, because John's kneeling down still with the body of the fake Aaron. And so, actually, everybody has leaves command at this point, apart from John and Dargo. And Dargo asks, are you okay? <laughs> John's like, no. Because, no, he wouldn't be okay. It's like, you know, it's not Aaron. It was never Aaron. Like, We're not giving up on her, John. Sakozu said the Scarans are taking Grazer to a place called Katrazzi. Maybe that's where she is now. She could be out there anywhere. So, but we're not going to let her go. I give you my word. And then Dargo turns and leaves. And the final shot of the episode is we see John over the Bioloid Aaron's body from behind, like looking out through the front view screen and mm-hmm. we fade away. End of episode. So, yeah, that was Bringing Home the Beacon. Yep. What did we think of the episode? That was a pretty good episode. It was a very lean episode. Nothing really, no side stories or side character moments. Just main plot, action, beat after beat after beat. Yeah, very, very solid in that regard. Like, I, I appreciate that because it means we got, like, just no time was really wasted. Nope. It was really good, actually, to see the crew of, like, we had Aaron, Chiana, Sakosin, Naranti all interacting together, which I don't think we've necessarily seen all of them in you know work as a team before no and naranti was very effective for once yeah <laughs> she was getting them out of trouble not in the, into trouble mm. i feel like they did better with their side of things and all the trouble they got into even though aaron got captured than the guys did in oh, the previous definitely ep- the guys had it easy compared to the gals yeah and they still screwed it up <laughs> Well, to be fair, everybody got out a lot. Well, not everybody got out. The teacher's dead. Good point. (laughs) And so, yeah, but this was, yeah, very good episode. Lots of very nice set dressing with the redressed Moya. That was good. And yeah, we're moving the plot. We've got like War Minister Arkner now, who is Grazer's equivalent, I suppose, in Scarron Mm. High Command. So basically this this whole Scarron Peacekeeper War is going to come down to two female commanders at this point. Yeah, which I I did notice that because this was Mm. was definitely like this was the the you know this was the female crew of moya on their adventure and then we had grazer and arkner so you know it was basically all the major players were female mm-hmm. which is it's good and it's it's a shame that it's like the one episode where that's the case you know it's also the shame that it's novel yeah that's the thing but, right it's like i mean we've talked about that several times yeah in this show like this show does it better than others but still yeah but so this was a really good episode i feel like i just want to give this four out of five just yeah. very very easily four i agree out with of five. that i think a four out of five is perfectly fine like it did nothing wrong there's nothing that blows me out of the way completely but like there's probably nothing i would change in this no it's very very solid and yeah i'm looking forward to where things go from here because obviously now our mission the crew's mission has got to be to get Aaron back mm-hmm. just as she and john had gone back together <laughs> well okay this isn't this isn't their relationship being the problem it's the fact that oh no 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 don't trust me i'm i'm not complaining about uh, i'm not complaining about that <laughs> it's like it's just the dramatically appropriate time for oh this yes to happen now <laughs> and it, it happened because Aaron made brave and heroic decisions so. it's very true yeah but yeah this was a very good episode enjoyed this one a lot and I, I liked the I liked the, the team of all the, the women all working together and it mm-hmm. all went pretty well that scene around the bar the first bit where they're like yeah I love when everybody was playing their part in that bit yeah it's like, like Naranti pointing out yeah this is poisonous Sokozu being the front the face as yes. they call it doing the talking Chiana trying to add her own uh, talents to that negotiation and making everything worse. And then Aaron just being like, 
There's a gun on the table now. Deal with it. Aaron basically being the muscle of, like, don't yeah. F with us. Aaron's basically rolling intimidate checks there. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And Chiana was trying, like, a, a charm, but it failed. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> that's why I was, like, that's that's the kind of thing I was thinking of. of like, it yeah. felt very much like, a, like an RPG episode, yeah. Yeah. And usually like those. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> usually fun. So, yeah, there we go. That was uh, Bringing Home the Beacon. Very good episode, and... Yeah, let's see what's up next time on Farscape Rewatch. We going jailbreaking? Well, not exactly. Okay, so our next episode is episode 17. And the the synopsis for this is very brief. It's called A Constellation of Doubt. Okay. And the synopsis is a single sentence. It is, with Aaron still missing, Crichton retreats to his room and watches a documentary detailing humanity's reaction to Moya's recent visit to Earth. Oh. Because he got the TV, remember, from the last <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I know that, but shit, oh, wow. I also like that it's like, next episode, John watches TV. <laughs> like, that's, that's the synopsis. The concept of that episode, uh, mm. of that documentary, I, I want to watch that. <laughs> well, yeah, so we'll see that next week in episode 17, Constellation of Doubt. I'm sorry, I just find it funny. It's like, oh, this week it's like action and things, and next week it's... Crichton watches TV. I hope he has popcorn. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> All right, but yes, we will talk about that episode next week. But that's it from us this week. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Fastgate Rewatch, and we will be back next time. Until then, you can find us around the web on Twitter at Can't Wear Hats and Red at Red Nightmare Seven. Don't forget, go to Can'tWearHats.co.uk for previous episodes, links to RSS feeds, iTunes, and the Patreon, which supports this podcast. Patreon.com forward slash Can't Wear Hats. All right. That's it from us. We'll see you next time. Have a good week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, I couldn't find your book. I guess it's nowhere around here. Okay, Hats. It's fine. Hey, wait a minute. We were separated for like half an hour. How do I know you haven't been replaced with a bioloid duplicate? Well, how do I know you haven't been replaced by a bioloid duplicate, huh? Oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Oh, that's it. You're the fake red. Come on. Oh, yeah, I know. You're definitely fake. Say something only Hats would know. Say something only the real red would know. You first. No, you first. You first. All right, you asked for it. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's the book. It was under. Oh yeah, no, that that, I mean, that, that is where I left it. So yeah, I mean that's fine. Uh, oh, oh, they tried to replace us both again. That never works. <sighs> I'll get a mop. <laughs>